Hello, beloved, and welcome to our weekly Bible study. And specifically in our Bible study, we continue with our study on the Holy Spirit and uh, Jesus. And this is uh, part three that we're going to look at. Now, if you would remember in part one, we started looking at the relationship between Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Well, let's say the Holy Spirit and Jesus. It uh, doesn't make it actually matter which way around you look at it. And then in part two, we looked at what the Holy Spirit uh, did in the life of Jesus, and especially with regards to his, um, how can I say, be, him being the anointed uh, one by the Holy Spirit to be the Messiah. And now in part three, we basically continue to look at the Holy Spirit's involvement in the life and also the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, before we continue, let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can study your word and see what your word has to say about the Holy Spirit's involvement in the life of Jesus Christ, uh, with specifically with regards to his human nature. And we pray, Father, that as we study your word, as we look at the different aspects of the Holy Spirit's work in the life of Christ, Father, that we will learn something and that we will not only learn something, that, but that we will grow in the grace, the knowledge of Christ, of the Spirit, and of the Father, the triune God. Uh, please uh, enable us to understand and to take to heart, and enable my, me to teach your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now, the first thing that we can say in, in part three is that the Holy Spirit basically filled Jesus. What, what do I mean by that? Or what do we mean if we say that the Holy Spirit filled Jesus? Remember, I want you to, you to understand that what we are talking about is the Holy Spirit filled Jesus. Uh, remember, in at the Jordan? Uh, let's read it. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1 to 4, we read the following. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. All right, so what happened was Jesus went to the Jordan River. That's where he was baptized in, in water by John the Baptist. And remember, John said, he must increase, I must decrease. Uh, and he said, that's the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. Uh, John acknowledged that Jesus Christ um, was so much more than him that he wasn't even worthy to, to, to basically put on the sandals which Jesus wore. So John acknowledged that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, because he prepared the way for Messiah to come now. But then, besides that, that was the time when the Holy Spirit, in the form of a dove, came upon Jesus. Remember that. So, as he came upon Jesus, Jesus was basically filled with the Holy Spirit. So, it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. So, basically what happened uh, at the Jordan River, when Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit came upon him, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Very much like the disciples. Remember in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit came upon them and uh, divided himself and flames of fire was upon the disciples and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus Christ. He was the, let's say, the first one to be filled with the Holy Spirit in the New Testament context. Uh, obviously, later on, the disciples would be filled with the Holy Spirit, and every single person that is born again, that is regenerated by the Spirit of God, that person gets filled with the Holy Spirit. But it's, uh, how can I say, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us, 
okay? But then we also have to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Do not be drunk with wine, but be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's basically what needs to happen. So when Jesus came back from, or returned from the Jordan River where he was baptized, and where the Holy Spirit came upon him and and filled him, it says that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So immediately in the public ministry of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness, into the desert basically. Then verse 2 says to us, it says, Being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing. And afterwards, um, when they had ended those 40 days, he was hungry. So for 40 days, Jesus was led into the wilderness, into the desert, by the Holy Spirit, and he fasted for 40 days. Now, beloved, that's a long time. That's really a really a long time. And please remember that Jesus is fully God, but he was fully man. 100% God, 100% man. He's the God man. And in his human nature, it says here in verse 2 that he became hungry. Okay. So he's in the wilderness. He's in the desert, basically, for 40 days. And after 40 days, I think anybody would really be hungry by that time. So it says in verse 3, And the devil said to him, So, here comes the chance. Uh, The devil taking a chance on Christ. And and let me tell you, this is how the devil works. Remember, after 40 days in the wilderness, and after 40 days without having anything to eat, I believe that any person, any human being, would be weak at that specific stage. Physically weak. Physically hungry. In need of physical nourishment, a need of food. So here comes the devil and on the basic, what do you call it? The basic nature of a human being, that's where the devil tempts Jesus. He doesn't tempt him on his spiritual life and his deity and, you know, those kind of things. No, no, no. On the most basic thing that human beings need, and that is food. And obviously water as well. But in the case of Christ, he became hungry. This is what the text tells us. The Holy Spirit had just led him into the wilderness. And the devil said to him in verse 3, we read, If you are the Son of God, command the stone to become bread. Wow. What a temptation. What a temptation. Here Satan comes and he not only says, Listen, why don't you take the, the, the stone and turn it into a bread? Because you're hungry. No, no, no. He says to him, if you are the son of God. And here comes the, the, this kind of this challenge from the devil. Nah? If you are truly the son of God, then prove yourself. Show yourself. Beloved, and I think there's a lot of Christians, believers, uh, professing believers who fall for this. Or pastors, evangelists who fall for this temptation. Kind of, if you are really a Christian, then why don't you pray for that person to be healed? If you are really a Christian, why don't you um, pray and God sends food from heaven? If you are truly a Christian, then why don't you do this or that or whatever? This temptation that comes along. And in the case of Christ, Satan comes with this temptation. If you are the Son of God, if you are who you claim to be, 
if you are the one that is going to basically later on die and be buried and raised from the rise from the dead, then tell the stone to become bread because you're hungry. But it's amazing what what Jesus says. It's a, Jesus says in verse four. He says, "But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God.'" And it's interesting. He uses the passage that says, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God." Not the God Man or Jesus in His divinity. No, no, no. He says, "Man shall not live by bread alone." Because Satan was tempting him. But by every word of God. In the sense, Jesus, or in a sense, Jesus was actually saying to the devil, He is there to do the will of the Father. He is there to fulfill God's word. He is there to do exactly what God wants him to do, or God the Father wanted him to do. And so he's not going to turn bread, stone into bread for a temporal satisfaction of his hunger. No, no, no. He's there to do every word of God. He lives to do the will of God. Jesus said it at one stage. He says, it's, that's what I, I'm doing. That's why I'm here, is to do the will of my Father. So, But it's amazing to, to know that it was the Holy Spirit who filled Jesus. Not only filled Jesus, but also then immediately after he filled Jesus, he led Jesus into the wilderness, into the desert, to fast uh, to become extremely weak, in a sense, very, very hungry. And then it is the Holy Spirit who enables Jesus to answer the devil in a, in a way that seems to be superhuman. When Jesus says to the devil, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Absolutely amazing. So, beloved, this clearly shows us that, that there was... No part of Jesus' life in which the Holy Spirit was not, let's call it, present and active. Right? Because he filled Jesus. He, he filled Jesus to the extent that Jesus in his human nature was, was able to live an obedient life to the glory of his Father. All right, we also see, if we go back to Luke chapter 4, verse 1, we see that the Holy Spirit not only filled Jesus, but he led him. Now listen to verse 1 again. He says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, and then was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And, and this is, I believe, uh, a beautiful picture of this relationship between Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Where the Holy Spirit is the one who leads Jesus uh, in a certain direction, and Jesus is obedient. Jesus does what the Spirit leads him to do. Uh, could Jesus kick against what the Spirit wanted him to do? Obviously, he could have done it. But Jesus knew why he was on earth. He knew he was on earth to, to fulfill the purpose and the plans that was decided before the foundation of the earth. He knew the Holy Spirit was the third person of the, of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit was going to be with him. He knew that. The Holy Spirit was going to fill him and enable him to, to be obedient and to live the kind of life that is pleasing to God. He knew that. And he knew he was going to lay down his life. So 
However and wherever the Holy Spirit led Jesus, Jesus was ready to be obedient, to do what the Holy Spirit wanted him to do. Now, beloved, I think this is a picture that we need to, to clearly see. We, we need to take heed of this because this is very important. Because remember, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Nah. The, the moment when we are born again or when we are regenerated, same thing, when God gives us the rebirth, when the Holy Spirit comes and ch- takes away this heart of stone and he gives us a heart of flesh, when we become brand new creatures in Christ, from that moment on, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells us and we are filled with the Holy Spirit. But to be truly filled with the Holy Spirit, this, this continuous being filled with the Holy Spirit, this idea of continuously being filled with the Holy Spirit means that I am continuously living under control of the Holy Spirit. I'm continuously living as the Holy Spirit directs and guides me. So I am, be, I, I am being, being filled with the Holy Spirit continuously as I walk with the Spirit, as I as I, as I follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit, as I'm led by the Holy Spirit. And it's very similar to what happened to Christ, isn't it? Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he goes into the wilderness, led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, then he is tempted, but then he is helped by the Holy Spirit. Beloved, and that's the kind of lives that we live. And, and by the way, when we are born again, when we are regenerated, we are actually baptized by the Holy Spirit into the church. Now, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He actually baptizes us into the church of Jesus Christ. He makes us part of, we are baptized into the family of God. That's what the Holy Spirit does. But then we need to fill a live a filled, fulfilled life or a spirit-filled life. And, and part of that uh, filled life, that life filled with the Holy Spirit, is to be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's like this soft, I I can't call it a voice. I don't want to call it a voice because so many times what we hear is we hear our own voice. And, but the Holy Spirit has a means of leading us in a very soft and gentle way that we know it is the Holy Spirit leading us. When the Holy Spirit leads us, it is not that I feel, oh, if I don't do this now, I'm going to be condemned. Or I feel, oh, I feel bad because I, I need to be obedient now and I, I, I really am busy with something or whatever. That's not the leading of the Holy Spirit. The leading of the Holy Spirit is this, I call it this soft, guiding, um, how can I say, hand of the Holy Spirit that leads us to where God wants us to go. And, and we just know within, because the Holy Spirit lives within us, He, he, he just... From within, we know that the Spirit of God is now leading me in a specific direction. And by the way, as we grow in our spiritual maturity, and as we get to know the the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, and as we get to know how God works with us and in us and through us, uh, it becomes easier to, to, to kind of know when it's the leading of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, the Holy Spirit will never lead us outside of the boundaries of His Word, ne? The Holy Spirit will not lead us to be tempted. The Holy Spirit will not lead us uh, to be, um, how can I say, to, to commit sin. All right? Because God doesn't tempt anybody. We read that in James, by the way. God, the Holy Spirit, will lead us to do the will of God. That's what He will do. 
Now, obviously, we, we know here, in, in this case, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Was it to be tempted? No, that's not why the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. He led Jesus into the wilderness to fast. Obviously, did God know that the devil was going to tempt Jesus? Yes, obviously he did. But when the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, he led Jesus into the wilderness to to go and fast. And obviously, in his human nature, to spend time uh, in, how can I say, in preparation for this this, this this public ministry that he was going to have. And then when the temptation came, because Satan will always try to, to tempt us at different times of our lives. And it's not the Holy Spirit that wanted Jesus to be tempted. It's not the Holy Spirit that caused Jesus to be tempted. No, it is Satan. He wanted to tempt Jesus. Because if he could get Jesus to bow down before him and to worship him, then Jesus already lost and by the way, Jesus wasn't fighting the devil. I, I want you to, or let's say, Jesus didn't come to this earth to be victorious over the de- devil in the sense that the devil is his massive enemy and he has to come and, and buy us from the devil, that kind of thing. That's nonsense. Jesus came to this earth to pay the, let's call it the fine, to pay um, for our sin. That's why Jesus came to this earth. Jesus came to this earth to die on our behalf. Jesus came to this earth to to lay down his life willfully for us, willingly for us. Jesus knew what his mission was. He came as the Jewish Messiah to save his people from their sin. Okay, And in the the process of doing the will of God, in, in the process of dying for our sin and taking our sin upon himself and God's wrath coming down upon Jesus, in the process he also conquered Satan, he conquered death, he conquered the grave. Okay, and and the power that sin used to have over us no longer has the power because Jesus Christ conquered sin and death and the devil and so on. But Jesus came to lay down his life for his his his, his friends, for his people, actually for his enemies now, because we were enemies of God when when Jesus died on our behalf. Right, so Jesus was not only filled by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit also led Jesus. And then the third thing that we see is that the Holy Spirit also empowered Jesus. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 28 and 29, we read, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So Jesus is speaking to the religious leaders. And and what, what happens here? They were accusing Jesus of... Casting out demons by Beelzebub, now the, the, the leader of the demons. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Which means you need to acknowledge that the kingdom of God is now in this world, in the person of Jesus Christ as the representative of the kingdom of God on this earth. And how was it possible for Jesus to cast out demons? It was because of the Spirit of God. Remember, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was led by the Holy Spirit. And when he cast out demons, he cast out demons in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because remember, Jesus was fully man when he was on this earth. So it was through the Holy Spirit that the demons were cast out. But Jesus was the one who came to introduce the the kingdom of God uh, on this earth to come and present the kingdom of God to God's people. So that they can 
enter into the kingdom of God through the rebirth, being born again. That's how he explained it to Nicodemus. And so that they could see the kingdom of God and so that they could enter the kingdom of God. And the, the let's say the the power of the king of this kingdom, the power of Jesus Christ as the king was shown when he would cast out demons. Absolutely amazing. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12, And verse 29, he says, Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house? You see, Jesus had to be stronger than the demons to be able to kick them out and and cast them out of people's lives. And and how was it possible? Was it possible in Jesus' human nature to cast out demons to go into the strong man's house where the people are demon possessed to go to that person and cast out the demons no was done because the holy spirit was the one who empowered him to be able to do that so at the end of the day when we look at, at at the life of jesus his ministry we can see that the holy spirit was 100 involved in the life of christ jesus He was involved in filling Christ, he was involved in leading Christ, and he was involved in empowering Jesus Christ to to do things, obviously to show that he, he is the Jewish Messiah, to show that he is the king of this new kingdom. Uh, the kingdom of God, to show that he is who he says he is. That means the savior, the one that came to die for the sins of his people. All right, so those are all the things that Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit did in Jesus Christ uh, in his life, né? in his, his ministry while he was on this earth. Now, I'm going to end there, and God willing, next time we're going to continue to look at how the Holy Spirit was involved in the death of Jesus Christ. And I think it will be just exciting to see what, what the Scripture has to teach us. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can see how the Holy Spirit was involved in the life of Christ, that he filled Jesus, that he led Jesus, that he empowered him. And Father, we pray as we are filled with the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of your Spirit dwells us, that we pray that your Holy Spirit will also um, fill us continuously and lead us uh, to glorify you and empower us not as the Messiah, because we're not. Jesus is the Messiah. Not as a Savior, because Jesus is our Savior. But as your children, Father, to live the kind of lives that are pleasing to you, to be witnesses unto you, to speak the truth in love, and to be salt and be light on this earth. Oh, may that be true, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. And may He give you His peace. God willing, until next time, bye-bye.